everyone, it's Brandon and Jesse, and we're the Box Office Bomb Squad. This is where we'll be breaking down some of the biggest bombs that ever hit theaters, and today's bomb is... Soldier. What are you gonna do? I'm going to kill them all, sir. So, uh, lots of background on this. Um, the script is like 15 years old, it took forever to film... Uh, there was a, we'll, we'll get into all that later. Cause I think it's all kind of interesting. Oh yeah. But the budget was only 60 million. And then for 98, that's a pretty big movie, but not like an enormous movie. It's just like a, a nice big action, uh, flick. And like, I, even in all my research, I couldn't quite discover why it only made 14.6 million, why it failed so terribly. Um, this is going to be one of the more interesting let's talk about it because I could not find information on the important stuff here. So anyway, with that being said, let's talk about it. Let's talk about so, where do we start? <laughs> so, um, first of all, I think it's awesome that when approached to do the movie, Kurt Russell immediately says, I want to do it, but I need 18 months to get in shape. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. rocks that. That dude was in such good shape. Holy he was in the crap. best shape of his life. <laughs> <laughs> He did a great job. At, like he was like, I need to get into shape. I want to study how to not use any facial feet, like facial whatever, because he does a great job at not emoting, but also saying a lot. Yeah. Whenever he's not emoting, and it's it's, and Kurt Russell, I can't think of a better choice for this for this film to be honest. Like the no. people that were signed up for it, Stallone, Eastwood. Uh, Keanu Reeves, like I, I like those people, but I think Russell really was the right choice for this. Oh yeah, between his age at the time, uh, the physique he was obviously able to get a hold of, yeah. and he's just a really good actor in general. It, it, it's like those eyes of his; he has such innocent, oh, yeah. like baby blue eyes. So putting it in this hardened, scarred up, you know, Terminator, basically. <laughs> was really a great concept. This movie, casting-wise, I could not... I, I loved it. I love this casting. So oh, yeah. not only do we get a cool Kurt Russell character here, we get uh, the villain, played by Jason Scott Lee, who I love, the Mowgli, and uh, he was just in Mulan recently. Not a traditional villain. At the time, he was he was pretty much always a hero in, in movies. Uh, just one of those actors that I really wish we'd get more of him, but it seems like for some reason we just don't get a whole lot of him. And as he's gotten older, he only looks better. Like he looks great now, but, uh, I loved him as a villain. I love Jason Isaacs as the actual villain. Oh, okay. um, yeah. Jason Isaacs is so cool. <laughs> oh yeah. And people would know him as, uh, Lucius Malfoy from the Harry Potter franchise. Yeah. Uh, not really a villain character kind of a kind of our secondary hero a little bit gary Busey, yeah uh, playing yeah. a not insane character which was very rare for him it was such a good decision well they made him just like a old cowpoke type that kept quoting his daddy and yeah said, uh, and I, I i liked it i liked that character um yeah i mean he wasn't a good guy but he was a loyal Guy. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had said he, you know, he didn't like the decisions being made, but he knew that he couldn't really do anything about it. Which... Yeah, and I mean, all the soldiers were just weapons, just tools to him. They weren't actually oh, yeah. people. And, but... he, and more than anything, he just liked that his toys weren't the coolest, newest toys. Yeah, but he wasn't going to, in later parts of the movie, he was opposed to leaving them behind. He. He said losing man in battle is one thing, but abandoning them is something completely different. Yeah. That I mean that's a that's a stark line to draw. I like that. Other interesting casting here, by the way. Sean Pertwee, who is like the uh the human man 
on the planet that we follow. Human man. <laughs> uh, that guy, the the son of a Doctor Who, he was uh, he played Alfred in that Pennyworth series or in Gotham. He's yeah. he's just a solid he's so actor. Awesome. I, I uh, love Connie him. Nielsen was the female lead. Uh, she was coming right off of Devil's Advocate, I think, at this point. Yeah, I always remember her from Gladiator. Yeah, uh, and that's like the first thing that comes to mind. But she was in a lot of action stuff at the time. Like she was in that Hunted movie. And she was in Basic. Um, she just recently played uh, the wife of uh, Odenkirk in Nobody. By the way, watch that movie if you haven't seen it. It's fantastic. Oh, it's so good, so good. Uh, Michael Chiklis is in this film with hair, somewhat. Didn't like that. <laughs> I, did, I don't know why, because I've seen him as the commish back in the day. But for some reason, every time I see him with hair, I'm like, man, that guy shaved his head, and that was the best decision he ever made. But yeah, uh, the film is just very... It's very 90s. Um, and But it is... I'm going to say something that's going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself immediately. Even though it is just Shane meets the Terminator, because mm-hmm. that's what it is. Yeah, 100%. It, it is still so original-feeling. This universe they created, this military they created, the space stuff that they created, all of it feels so original, even though it technically is sort of the same universe as, um, you know, Blade Runner. We talked about that last episode a second. I didn't hate any of that. There are problems with this film, and we'll get into that. There's huge glaring problems with this film. Uh, But I wouldn't have minded to see more of this universe. More of, you know, this, it may, and if this is the Blade Runner universe, let's say it is. Let's say 100% it is, and there's it no is argument 100%. And I've got reasons for that later. But well, it, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it's also part of every other movie universe that it's, Kurt Russell's ever been yeah, in. It's, it's so many. <laughs> I, have a, I have a massive list of all the references in this film. Yeah. It is crazy. I got. I have. I think half my notes is references. Oh, there's so many references. Yeah. I um, love it. But yeah, I mean, the idea that the Tyrell Corporation was making replicants, this fits perfectly in there because replicants probably weren't the first thing that we tried. And thinking of like, I mean, Star Wars, the new Star Wars trilogy stole the whole child soldier program from this basically uh so there's that but yeah i mean i really liked it um i really liked that idea so a couple interesting things um kurt russell had 104 words in this whole movie yeah. that is it yep and most <laughs> and, he, and i wonder how many of those were sir oh well, yeah well yeah he said sir after everything <laughs> uh before some things so yeah, he says, sir, probably, I would say, I mean, I should have marked that. I'd say 40 of the words are sir. So he only probably. has like 65 words that aren't sir. Yeah, probably. I, I would agree <laughs> with those numbers. <laughs> it feels right. Uh, the budget was $60 million and $20 million went to Kurt Russell, which he deserved it. He he carried the film. Uh, it's sad that the film failed the way it did, but I don't know. It's a Paul W.S. Anderson film. He did those Red- the Resident Evil films, which aren't particularly good. Um, but you can definitely see some of his, oh, I love every, I love color to denote where we are. Because when we're in space, it's blue. And when we're yeah. on the planet, it's red or orange. And, and then like, the only the time end, we're not in like those. Both. Yeah, it, well, at the end, he does this thing where he keeps showing fire around... Uh, Kurt Russell's Todd, we just keep mm-hmm. seeing fire. He's a lot of his characters based on fire, so red and fire is his thing. But we see cold blues and that icy eye and the coldness of Kane, who is Jason Scott Lee. So in the DVD menu, you'll notice that the fight is called Fire versus Ice, and they do a really good job, cinematography wise, of uh, portraying that these characters being these opposites. Yeah. Very interesting. So. With that said, let's get into the, where do we start? Let's get into the references. Let's start with the guns, because I know that you love guns. (laughs) Okay. So what are some of the guns that he is capable of using per his uh, information sheet we get on screen? I have three that I recognized right away. 
I have four total. So okay, I got one on you. I don't know which one. Go. Uh, which ones did you see? Okay, so I saw uh, the USMC the thirty uh, the three thousand eight USMC smart gun, which mm-hmm. is the That's rifle the from States Alien. Marine Corps smart gun. That's the Alien smart gun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Then the Doom Mark IV BFG, which mm-hmm. obviously is the Doom BFG nine thousand. Sure thing. Saw that uh, as well. And then. My favorite was, and you can't see the first numbers, but it's uh, like five nine, but it's Illudium PU three six ESM, which is. <laughs> and the... whose gun is that? What what is that, by the way? <laughs> that is. Watch me hold on before you even say it. Gun. Before you say it, <clears throat> let's drop the. <laughs> let's drop him saying that right here. At last, after 2,000 years of work, the Illudium Q36 Explosive Space Modulator. Well, as you can see, we know. We know now that it is the Illudium P36 Explosive Space Modulator. I I saw that and I was like, Space Modulator? That sounds like Marvin the the Martian's thing. And then when I went to research, I go, oh, it was. Okay. Um, They also say the the M41A Pulse Rifle. Which is another gun from Alien. Nice. I did not catch that one. It's at the bottom of the screen on one oh. of the screens. You literally have to go screen to screen to get everything. And this one is half cut yeah. off, but you can tell what it's trying to say. Nice. There was one that I was curious about that I, I couldn't figure out <clears throat> what its reference was. And some of these are not obviously references. To yeah, they're just numbers that he put up there for birth um, dates and stuff. Like we've got, for instance, the Mark Eight Laser Bolo. I don't know what that is. I couldn't find a reference to that. The RV4 Tactical Nuke. And the this is the one I was curious about because it sounded so weird. The MNTGY Ward T2000. Well, T2000 sounds like a Terminator. That The and, T2000 is the liquid, the liquid Terminator. No, wait. Yeah. That, no, T2000 uh, is the female Terminator that yes. we see. Yeah, yeah. and then the, the, the words spell out in a weird way like Montgomery Ward, but that's like a furniture store. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what that one is. That's... Who knows? It could be somebody new. Yeah. So the <laughs> other giant list of references, do you want to get into his service record? I would love to. <clears throat> Did you write any of these down? I wrote all of them down. Fantastic. I even wrote some down that I didn't under I didn't completely know if they were references or not. So but other than I... his battles and his awards, we're going to go through those battles and awards to show you how many freaking references in here. So you go ahead. You, you say them, sir. Okay, so he is he has been awarded, and I'm just going to start at the top of the list, work my way down, whether I know what they are or not. Uh, the UFP Purple Heart. We assume that's a Purple Heart of some sort. Yeah, that's just a uh, IGC Medal of Honor. This is our for one of our first references, the Cash Medal of Bravery, which refer, <laughs> refers to? Tango and Cash. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, the Pliskin Patch. Which he patch. was in with Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Uh, Pliskin Patch. Which is clearly Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. His character, Snake Plissken. Boom. The O'Neill Ring Award. That is Stargate reference. He is Colonel O'Neill, and <laughs> the ring obviously is referring to the Stargate. The McCready Cross. McCready, one of my absolute favorite characters and one of my absolute favorite horror films, The Thing. <laughs> the Captain Ron Trophy, which they're is even, my they're favorite. Not even, they're not even trying to hide that one. It's just <laughs> Captain Ron. <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see, Medal of Honor, Fourth CL, Titanium Cross, Gordian Knot. Those are some. Those are real. Some of those are real. Platinum mm. Kills Club. Uh, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Distinguished Combat Five. Oh, did you miss the? Um, no, oh, I've I've still got a bunch. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going off the order which they showed up on the. Oh, the okay, screen okay, there. okay, okay, okay. Because I I paused that and I like went frame by frame. <laughs> Um, the Dexter Riley Award. That was his character. His when he was a kid, the Disney films, uh, <laughs> the computer wore tennis shoes and the spinoffs. Just like yeah, the strongest man in the world. And, yeah, uh, and there's one more. I can't remember what it was. Now you see him. Now you don't. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. The McGaffrey Fire Award. <laughs> That's a funny one because this is a movie <laughs> that in my family is like a favorite, but. I don't know a lot of people that watch the movie Backdraft and remember it very well, but that's his character in Backdraft. Yep. Um, and The Battle of Shanghai. Which obviously is referring to one of his best films ever, oh, Great yeah. Trouble in Little China. You betcha. Um, and then um, I've got – those are the awards that I have. I think I, I think that's all of them. That's without combat That's all the awards history. I have. The other ones are just yeah. the campaigns he was on. 
Yeah. So, and then I also have, um, for instance, the <laughs> they have on there his. Um, let me see how they put it. It was weird. Uh, C O N for like his stats. They have C O N. Oh, it's the D and D stats. One hundred percent. Yeah, strength, dexterity, intelligence, intelligence, wisdom, wisdom, charisma. They even show his damage, yeah. his hit points, <laughs> his language, and his loyalty in R S R, which means resurrection. Yeah, it's fantastic. So I boy, love it. Really, there's a lot of references in these fucking two screens. Yeah, it's like two seconds worth of stuff is all it is, and there's so much. Uh, for instance, there's a reference to Sector ZZ Nine Plural Z Alpha. That's... Which is the location of Earth uh, in the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I knew you would notice that one because I, I know from our personal conversations, especially years ago, you were a huge, a huge, huge Hitchhiker's fan. fan. Um, it says Mode Zaphod, which is yeah, a uh, reference again to Zaphod Beeblebrock's President <laughs> of the Galaxy. Um, <clears throat> then um, there were a couple references I found There's some Star interesting. Trek references, which were fun. Because he was, the citations for the Nibian Moons campaign, the Antrares Maelstrom War, and the War of Perdition's Flames, which are all from Star Trek, uh, Wrath of Khan. Yep. I was like, oh, okay, those are all Star Trek references. And uh, I know the big one that ties things together that you're going to want to drop in there. Um, I will, um, the, but before I do that, one thing I did notice, his, light, uh, his age is 24 MSY. So if we go by the timeline of the movie, that's 24 MSY is somewhere in the area of 40-ish. Yeah. We know that we see year 38. Uh, yeah. Like, so the it's supposed year to be 38, 30, so, 38-ish. Yeah. Um, so if that's the case, it says on one of the other lines, his lifespan is 64 MSY, which means one of one MSY is like 16 years and change, which means he could be close to a thousand years old before he dies. Well, I mean, with them, there's no poisons put into their body. They're, they're as genetically perfect as you can get without actual genetic manipulation. Heck yeah. That, that was, which bothers, there's something that bothers me about that. How did that one kid get fat? (laughs) That was it. Yeah. I'm not (laughs) sure. They were all eating the same thing. They were all eating the the same thing and they were, they were like watching what they were eating and this couldn't have been the first time they were running. I mean, I guess it could have been a genetic thing. Yes. Yeah, I but mean, they were because they were just because of their superior genetics. Yeah, I get. I I don't know. That is a really weird. good. I mean, he got fat because he had to die. Yeah, the kid had to die. We had to see a kid die. We had to see a <laughs> had, fat kid yeah. get shot. Yeah. Uh, uh, did you notice who played uh, young Todd in that scene? It was Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt. Wyatt. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a uh, uh, as people might know him now. He was. The uh, stand in for Captain America during uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier before he became U.S. Patriot, or sorry, U.S. agent. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, hey, cool. Wyatt Russell's in this. So the things you're talking about are the two battles that tie yeah. this definitively to the Blade Runner universe, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> well, which is the You might battle... be able to find. Uh, some audio of Roy Batty saying this, and we can drop that in here too if you want. And we'll drop it here. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe <laughs> attack ships on fire off the shoulder of Orion. I watched sea beams glitter in the dark near the Tenhauser Gate. I guarantee you I can find that because no, as we established in a previous episode, I am a Blade Runner fan. Uh, so yeah, that, yeah. that will not be difficult for me because I know exactly what time stamp it's at. <laughs> yeah, it's at, the, I mean, it's at the very end of the film. So, I mean. <laughs> yeah. um, so those, those two battles are the uh, the battle at Tannhauser Gate yeah, and the Shoulder of Orion. Yeah, which, man... If this would have brought in Ridley Scott or one anybody other than just one of the writers from Blade Runner, probably would have done better. And I bet if they would have pitched it as from the universe of Blade Runner, it probably yeah it could have rode on that better. that yeah. steam. So although um, as we've learned, Blade Runner doesn't necessarily mean success because we already covered twenty forty nine here. That's true. 
But that, that was because true. that movie was so, enormous. Those two, those two battles, um, as we heard in a clip, but I'll repeat here, are from Rutger Hauer's ending monologue, where he says, uh, "Attack ships on fire off the shores of, shores of Orion." So, Battle of Orion, mm. uh, or off the shoulders of Orion, the shoulder of Orion. Orion. Uh, and then watch, I watch sea beams glitter in the darkness of Tannhauser Gate. I mean, those are very specific names. Yeah. So, oh, for sure. I, I love that they're like, all right, let's throw a little bit of this in there. Yeah. I was like, yeah, okay, all right. And then if you look very closely, I've seen screenshots of this. I did not catch it on, like, my first run through. But apparently there is a wreckage of a, quote, spinner mm-hmm. uh, in one of the dumps on the trash planet. And the spinner is the flying cars from yeah, Blade you- Runner. You only really see the front end of it. You really have to look at a spinner up close and go, okay, I see it. Because there also we see the wreckage of the uh, Lewis and Clark from uh, yeah, Event do. Horizon, which was like we, literally filmed the year prior. Yeah, but and we, we see that pretty clear. So oh, yeah. That, they, that they, one I caught. They blatantly put that in the front going, <laughs> ah, remember this? I did this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so oh, man. Um, the reasons... Some of the reasons that um, it probably didn't do great. Uh, you you have turned me on to the practice of watching the trailer before I watch the movie. Mm, yes, which and isn't then, always. And then yeah. watching the trailer again. Exactly. And I, I've watched this trailer like three or four times at this point, And it's not, the, it's, again, it's not the same movie. No, there's scenes yeah. that the trailer has in it that are in the movie, but it is not the same tone. It is not th- anything like the movie is. It it build this as a space action adventure, blah, and it's not that. It's actually much more thoughtful than that. I would say and, that eighty uh, percent of his dialogue is in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But but and what this kind of pissed me off. They have some of the lines, some of your favorite lines uh, from the go back between uh, him and the the woman, and um, you know where he's saying "sir" after every sentence. But mm. in the trailer, they cut out every "sir." I'm like, that is that defines his character. Yeah, the, the robotic nature of who he is is what makes the character so interesting. So cutting that out to make him more human for the trailer is weird it's the trailer's weird anyway it's got weird music it's just weird that opening scene with the dead body with the hole in his head yeah that it, that's not even a spacesuit that we see like we see it in use one time in the battle montage yeah the fl- uh, flashback yeah and that's it i don't even know if they were the same suit they just both had a helmet with a you know a yeah. glass front i did not like that trailer though that was a completely no, it's a bad different and, and could movie. be a big part of why it failed. I mean, critically, this movie was just ripped apart for being too... Mm, it, it just borrowed too much, I guess is the best way to put it. But I don't know. I've seen critics go back to this and go, you know what, this isn't nearly as bad as I thought it was originally. So Yeah. <clears throat> I kept calling yeah. him the 40-year-old virgin. During this I, movie. God, I did too. I have it in my notes here. 40-year-old virgin in, virgin in space. <laughs> <laughs> when he sees her nipples through the shirt, he's like, oh. I'm like, that was weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was an odd moment. I understand its its place. It just felt like there could have maybe been a different way to go about that. But, well, it's also weird to introduce her as like kind of a semi-love interest, but have her with a man. And then just kill that motherfucker off to, like, move him in. And it's like, this yeah. is weird. I don't like this at all. Yeah, that was that was uh, strange. I mean, maybe if we'd seen a little bit more of uh, those two, of, um, uh, you know, those two's relationship kind of building. Yeah. Maybe, and then it's like, oh, look after my wife and so on and yeah, such but forth. she but... looked at him, kind of treated him like a child. Exactly, which is why it was a little... Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's slightly uncomfortable. It's just, no. Do you got any nitpicks? I got a couple nitpicks. You got a couple nitpicks? Um, let me so, see. I don't. When they're in the garden, there's styrofoam nitrogen beads in the soil. Where did they get potting soil for this garden? <laughs> I did not notice that, but you irked you me got a for point. some reason. I don't know why. I was like, well, they wouldn't be. That wouldn't be in there. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good <laughs> point. I have uh, I have stuff about really cool camera tricks. 
Oh yeah, there are some cool camera tricks. I'm surprised you didn't have any gun stuff. Uh, it it's hard to do gun stuff on sci-fi movies. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. the guns are inherently they fictional. can excuse it away. Yeah, so it's it's hard to do gun stuff on those. Um, During the training montage, and we see all the guys on like exercise equipment showing how tough and strong they are. There's a dude in like a gyro ball just fucking spinning, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is this doing? What what training is this guy getting right now? Just like fucking wee. He's like spinning around in a circle. I'm just like, uh, okay. <laughs> Exactly. I, I don't know when that will ever come into play, but sure. <laughs> it does happen. He's like, I've trained for this my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The ship starts going, or spiraling out of control. I can do this. <laughs> Cracks his knuckles, and then they <laughs> they hit the planet. That's uh, a spiral Joe can do this one. <laughs> Spinny jo- Joe will take a hammer Spinny in J- it. Oh, Spinny Joe. Todd, back up. Spinny Joe's time. <laughs> Todd being the hero is such a fucking name, man. Todd. Oh, yeah, that was, it could have been better. That's they could have sure. chose any other name. Todd was a weird one. I get that It what he did was, like, look at that year of, like, really popular baby names and was like, well, it's going to be a baby from this year. So that's why he chose Todd because uh, it was 97-ish whenever he was rec- filming this, and that was a popular name sure. then for kids. I get that. But there's still, like, I don't know, it just could have been better. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor and now back to our regularly scheduled program yeah so one of the cool camera tricks that i did want to point out and it's something uh, not a lot of people would catch just because at this point in the movie you're kind of i mean if you're in it you're in it um when they bring out the big rolling armored apc like mm-hmm. things which are literally just mining trucks with shells on them yeah they took dump trucks <laughs> giant ass dump trucks put shells on them and then hired smaller actors like four foot actors to stand next to them to make them look even bigger yeah but the camera trick they use is cool because when they're coming out of the hangar the hangar is a model close to the camera and they're using forced perspective to make it look like the dump trucks are coming out of the hangar not only that though the camera is tilted at an angle so that when you see the people in the dump trucks going down the ramp they're not they're going they're straight going across straight. the land but the camera's tilted, so it looks like they're going down a ramp. That's the I don't know why forced perspective stuff uh tickles me so much, but I love it. I loved it in, you know, Lord of the Rings and I every time I see it in a movie, I gotta point it out. It's like ooh. Well, the, the the color cinematography is good too. I mean, I I have no problem with how this movie was filmed. I think it actually is a really pretty film for the most part. Definitely. Um Personal gripe here and this happens way too often when some fucking idiot yokel picks a fight with the super soldier i fucking hate that every time like in a movie where it's like oh this guy comes in and it's you know it's fucking batman or superman it's some fucking person you know is infinitely powerful more powerful than you and then some fucking idiot picks a fight with them at a bar you know it is such a boring fucking gimmick and in this movie, that fucking weird-looking guy that kind of looks like Dwight Yoakam is like, what are you doing here? You Did you did you leave? Did you leave your post? And I was like, why are you picking a fight with this guy? He could <laughs> fucking murder you so easy. Why are yeah. you picking a fight with him? He could rip your spine out your ass and beat you to death with it. <laughs> I just, don't want to mess with him. And I will say this, as much as the scene was stupid, in Aquaman, whenever the bikers walk up and they're like clearly they're playing off the pick a fight with the superhero bullshit that I hate. And they're like, Hey, yeah. can we get a picture? I thought, no, this is actually funny because yeah, that's like, how you I, do it. It feels right because it's like, no one's going to go, Hey, I saw you on the news beating up a giant robot. I think I could take you. That doesn't make any fucking sense. No, but <laughs> Hey, can I take a picture? It was like, I was like, Oh, okay. Well, this is actually kind of just changed my expectations. So I actually enjoyed that. Uh, this movie does fall into quite a few cliches. Um, Probably one of the biggest issues with it is pretty predictable. Like, nothing ever happens that's unpredictable. Um, There's a couple scenes that I I love the PTSD angle. Um, Like, I... The crying part. Oh, the crying part was really good because it was like... That caught me off guard. I did not expect that. Because you got to remember, I've never seen this before. This is my first time seeing it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, so I've never seen this Well, even whenever he saw his fellow other soldiers again... 
that lady goes, you don't have to salute anymore. You're no longer soldiers. And uh, whenever yeah. they see him and they salute, you're like, oh, yeah, it's back. They're back on. They're like, we know yeah. what we are. And then you got to think these people have been here since town. they're children. And yeah, then they fucking yeah, throw those motherfuckers out to the nuke. I love it. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> After he pisses himself. Classic yeah. bad guy pissing himself moment. That was a really good moment. <laughs> what's what's the point of the fucking armor that the bad guys are wearing? His every shot he shoots goes right through them. I, you know, what, <laughs> it's that a stormtrooper situation. I guess it, it's got to be the bullets because when the uh, the villagers shoot at them, they, it bounces right off. Well, true. You're right. Because he, yeah, the flamethrower guy gets like shot at a couple times. Yeah, and it just ping, 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 ping. You know, so maybe it's the bullets because he was using their guns. But yeah, still, God, how high caliber their bullets got to be to go through armor that stopped all the bullets from the village. Yeah, for God's sake. So another very selective, another weird uh, nitpick I have here. I understand them not trusting Todd due to what he was. And I also understand them not trusting him because of his attack on Jimmy, uh, Michael Chiklis' character. Yes. Because when he was training, he goes into this mode where he's in his PTSD and then Jimmy just came up on him and surprised him. And if you've ever dealt with someone with PTSD, this isn't uh, this isn't something out of the normal. This is something that you know as happens. And I felt like I can understand why they were scared for that moment because there's so many children around. But when they were, like, shitting on him for teaching the kid how to attack snakes, when seemingly on this planet the only real threat are snakes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like. Fucking snakes are everywhere. Yeah. And they're, those are, like, super poisonous snakes, by the way, in real life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they lost them during production, too. They lost, like, 30-something of them. <laughs> they found them on the walls. Like, one's still missing. There's an <laughs> ongoing joke. Uh, that one of them got away and became an executive at, at Warner Brothers or Sony or whatever. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> so, but, uh, like, I, I was just like, he's training the kid how to kill a snake. The snake that almost killed this child, by the way, if you remember correctly, and with a story yeah. we hear about him. I don't feel like that's a negative thing. Like, you know, he's not, like, showing him how to shoot a gun. I would be like, hey, 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 maybe don't give the kid a gun at this point. But he's just like, if you find something heavy, hit him with it. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. And he was protecting him. He grabbed the snake. He made sure it didn't get near him. And it clearly worked because the kid used it later to save his dad. But, like, when they're like, oh, no, we can't trust him because of that, I go, why would you not trust him because of that? This is, like, the first thing you should teach your kids is, hey, watch out for snakes. And if you can't get away from them, this is how you kill them. Because the, the mom kills the thing immediately. Chops its fucking head off with a shovel. Yep. Yeah, I agree completely. Um the the only thing I can think of in that misunderstanding in any way, shape, or form is the fact that after he catches it, he does throw it back down on the ground to, to, to try to get to, do it. to try and show him again how to do it. But at that point, he's there. We've seen that he could yeah. go across the room and, and grab the snake didn't by hit the, the neck. kid or like yell at the kid for being incorrect either. He goes, yeah. "Let's try it again," which exactly. is something that's never he's never been given that opportunity. Exactly. I mean, shit, you fell behind and camp and he got shot <laughs> yeah. in the head you get a little fat and you get fucking shot yeah Can you imagine gaining a few pounds and get gary Busey comes up and just fucking shoots you right between the fucking eyes i would hate that what a life i mean it wouldn't be much of a life but you know but hey the fact of the matter is that fat kid never fell behind once more ever again no that's true for <laughs> sure he lost weight after that that's for sure we can say these kind of jokes we, because yeah, we're yeah. both fat. Yeah, we're both we both landed in the same spot there. Like, oh, hold on, we better <laughs> we gotta we gotta explain ourselves here. <laughs> Listen, we can use that. It's our word, okay? Yeah, Gary Busey would have Gary Busey would have destroyed me. We would have very shot early on. Yeah. <laughs> they would have shot me when I couldn't figure out the damn triangle puzzle, and I'm like, fuck this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, honestly, if I was an adult where I am now, I couldn't keep up with those kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whenever the dogs are attacking the boar and they have to watch him, I'd have been like, no! And they would have been like, all right, kill that kid. He reacted. Yeah, that, that kid's done. <laughs> oh, man. I miss Jason Skyly. We need him in more stuff. That's all I have to say. <laughs> yeah. So some of the things uh, that happened, you want to go over those, like, during the <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Because, wow. <laughs> this, was, this was an unlucky-ass film. Um, yeah, oh, yeah. So first of all, Kurt Russell's poor feet. 
Yeah. Well, <laughs> before we even get to the feet, um, the majority of the movie is set in an outside setting. It was planned to be shot outside. However, this happened during one of the worst El Ninos ever to hit Mexico yeah. and ended up turning, you know, sending hurricanes and torrential rains all across the globe and flooded much of California. So yeah. all the sh- all the outside scenes, except for like one or two, had to be moved indoors. But shows. Yeah. Because it makes things look kind of cheap. Exactly. Um, and I can only imagine having to put those sets together so quickly when you plan on putting them together outdoors cannot be cheap. That no, to, yeah. you got to hire so many more people and so much to do, you know. you got to put dirt where there wasn't dirt, basically. Well, there's such large shots, too, because we have, like, long panning, walking through the desert shots, and it's like, this would have been fine if we would have had to just do this in a already desert, but we're having to yeah. do this in a fucking studio and then light uh-huh. it correctly and then film it. Which, I mean, geez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, <laughs> go ahead and talk about Kurt Russell's feet. Oh, yeah. So, uh, right away, <laughs> one of the first things they're filming is the gardening scene that I was ripping on earlier. <laughs> and <laughs> Kurt Russell tripped over a <laughs> ornamental cabbage and broke his ankle. And it's just <laughs> funny to think about. He got so fucking built. He got so ripped. He got so in shape, and a fucking fake cabbage took him out. Yeah. So one week into shooting. Yeah. Oh yeah. So he didn't want to. He didn't want to push shooting off really bad because he's he's a good worker. So he's like, let's let's figure this out. Let's figure out a way. Uh, they gave him a week off, and they they did a lot of the scenes that don't require him at all. Scenes that were just other characters, and then through a, a decent part of the film, he's lying down because he's injured. So then they filmed all the lying down scenes, and then they went back and filmed all the scenes in which he's setting down, which happens quite often. And then they filmed all the scenes in which he's like slouching or uh, standing still. Mm-hmm. And then by that point, they had, we just had the action scenes left, and he was recovered enough to actually like do things. So he did two or three action things, and then was the junkyard fight with uh, <laughs> Jason Scott Lee. And those giant lighted letters that fall and knock Jason Scott Lee in the head, the other one that falls behind Todd, which gives us this cool image, landed directly on his ankle or directly on his foot and broke his other foot. So then he just pushed through. They like took a day off and he just pushed through and did it. Uh, you got to remember, this is a guy who was like, I need 18 months to get in shape because he refused to take steroids to get bigger for this film. So like, damn Kurt Russell was a hard worker. I got to give him that, you know, for an actor, he really busted his ass for this, this character. And how disappointing would it be to like work so fucking hard? And then these are the returns you get, man. That's just what a depressing feeling that must be. Yeah. That's gotta, that's gotta be rough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, did you know at HeroProp.com? Cause I said we were going to do this again. Oh yeah. You can buy a soldier, Marine Grenade. Oh, I don't even remember grenades being in that damn movie. Uh, yeah, apparently I was reading They're this using one. rocket launchers most of the time. I was reading this one. It seems like it was part of a costume more than anything. Okay. Um, I sent you a link so you can look at it. Uh, it is $850, and Ooh. it's available. Ooh. So if you want to buy me something for Christmas, you just... Buy you, you know. a fake grenade. Yeah. <laughs> From a movie that bombed, but but I'm I mean, yeah, <laughs> nice. Um, so yeah, made of soft foam. Peach fe- piece features a silver metal quote pin tip with ring and a strip of velcro on the back, where it attached to the actor's costume. Hmm, interesting. Front of the grenade features rectangular section of red transparent acrylic and a small electrical square with faux push button. Uh. In case you're curious. Any uh, any other props from the movie? Not a single one. <laughs> Interesting. I tried to find a couple, but no. Did you was... know that Kurt Russell was highly allergic to the paint they used for his tattoo, and those words are permanently burnt into his face, and if you Google uh, Kurt Russell tattoo scar, you can see images where they, in certain lighting, you still see the words Todd no positive in his face. What's serious? funny is he tried to sue 
But he ended up losing the lawsuit because he is, in fact, O positive, and they figured that that was an advantage for him. He wears makeup to cover it up most of the time, but it's there. If you ever see like some shots of him without makeup on, you can see the you can see definitely the O positive part more than anything else. But it's still there in, on his face lately. I thought that was really funny. I was like, oh, okay. Now I now I really need to need to find that because that's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, he um he talked about it in a, on a talk show. I just can't remember which one. And that's where I got that information. Because I always, uh, one of the things I like looking up when I do these, uh, I always look up the main actor or like the lead, whoever the leads are, and I say promoting the movie. Like Kurt Russell promoting Soldier. And then I see what talk shows had him on, and I'll watch a couple interviews to see if he's got any interesting behind the scenes stuff that he talked about. So, because he's on something and he's talking about that makeup and he talks about breaking his ankle and he talks about uh all the kurt russell jokes they squeezed in after on on post-production so thought that was interesting that's really awesome yeah i'm I'm gonna spend a long time looking looking for that now i'm I'm also starting to realize that kurt russell plays a lot of roles where that particular cheek is covered up with something yeah yeah it's almost (laughs) like there's a reason it's almost like he wears reason. like he like a lot of times yeah. he'll wear like fake scar on that side of his face or yeah exactly he'll do a lot of filming from the other side but for the most part he'll like have stubble or he'll play a character that needs some makeup that'll cover it up anyway but yeah uh, his facial hair grows so high up too it hides most of it so if you look at like Captain Ron or Ego or Hateful Eight his beard covers yeah. it yeah because that's what I was looking for is like a modern day one but yeah. There, there's some uh, weird uh, info for you. Okay, I like that. That's cool. Well, oh. do you have anything else before we go to the next section? Uh, no, I do not. All right. Well, Jesse, should it bomb? One, two, three, four. Well, I've been rolling in since the dark in my morning. From the end of the week, I'm a bum 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 uh no not at all not even a little bit everyone should watch this movie i enjoyed the hell out of it i mean is yeah, it good it's phenomenal nah, i mean it's, it's very mindless 90s action but it's yeah. the good type of 90s action that's like really fun and inventive i really did enjoy it yeah like, this is not like robot jocks <laughs> yeah there's a lot of movies I've seen that it's like, okay, this is forgettable and I don't really care about it. But I really like, and when I look at the rating, it's like, oh, like Rotten Tomatoes has it at like 14%. I'm like, yeah. how did it get that low? Like, I understand it being like maybe 40%. I can see the, the negativity because of the unoriginality of it. But like, everyone in this movie is having fun and really doing a good job. And I didn't hate any of it. Like, there are definitely things where I go, that looks cheap, that looks kind of hokey, but none of it was so jarring that I didn't enjoy the film. Exactly. I I got sucked into it fast, and I was I was truly enjoying it. But I am also a, a sucker for the show, the story of Shane too. I like that, you know, rough and tumble killer goes to live in a peaceful community and is forced to fight for the community yeah i'm a sucker to do the one thing he said he would never do again exactly that's why the wolverine uh was so good exactly yeah or logan was so good yeah Yeah. it's i love that movie for the exact same reasons you know um so yeah i'm a stickler for the story so that sucked me in immediately and then kurt russell is just freaking awesome i I love kurt russell man like this movie had two two of my like big draws in it, Kurt Russell and I. I don't know why, but I always enjoy me a Jason Scott Lee film, and oh, yeah. uh, and like you then you throw in like Gary Busey and Jason Isaacs, you're like these are great character actors like that are super fun to watch. And Jason Isaac, I like him as a good guy when he does play good guy, but god damn it, is he so good at a snooty ass fucking Gosh. bad guy? And that He's mustache he wears in this thing. Oh, his little fucking <laughs> tiny mustache. I fucking yeah. love it. I love it. Cause it's just, it, it like, I'm, I'm actually rewatching the Harry Potter films currently because the new, 
I'll get through them by the time the new fucking movie comes out. There and uh, I just, as soon as he shows up in the second film, I'm like, God damn it. Oh, perfect casting. Perfect oh, yeah. casting. And then I watch this and I'm like, he's great. He's great. And Gary Busey, <laughs> my daddy always said, if you wanted to drive a nail into a piece of wood, you didn't try anything fancy. You just hammered the damn thing in. And I was like, well, that doesn't even make fucking sense, but okay. <laughs> like, what is this, this other thing he says? I can't remember. Something about cleaning because he was a maintenance guy. Oh, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it. Don't fix it, yeah. He's like, maintenance, huh? And Jason, Jason Isaac's character, I'm like, oh, perfect. Perfect, like, yeah. oh, maintenance oh. family. <laughs> you just character tone for the whole movie. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loved it. I love the chain fight. Thought that was super cool and original. I love that whenever Jason Scott Lee won against three fucking super soldiers, he's pissed because he lost his eye. He's like, what good is this man now? He can only run front. And they have him driving the tank later. I'm like, fucking great. Like, really cool. This, everybody's really trying in this film. Um, the dialogue could be better, 100%. The dialogue is kind of hokey and clunky. Uh, but, like, you know, sci-fi kind of is okay. I'm okay with that with sci-fi stuff. Because you got to say such wild shit. You yeah, know? well, yeah. you got to say stuff that in real life can't happen. It's like a fantasy film when you're like, Oh, well, we had to go kill a troll so then we can use its blood to save this person to help us fight a dragon. It's like, this shit's fucking wild, man. And there's no way to say that stuff without sounding fucking ridiculous. So you always got to give them a level of, like, leeway. And I feel like the critics at this time did not do that. They were harsh on this film. And that being said... Paul W.S. Anderson is not a very good director. Those Resident Evil films, as enjoyable as they are, are not good. But I almost feel bad for him because I feel like this movie failing was what put him on the path to doing these kind of hokey films instead of stuff like more stuff like Avert Horizon. So, I don't know. Yeah, I enjoyed it, I, though. I agree. Man, I, I, I loved the entire hour and a half, two hours, whatever it was. It, I, it flew by. I felt like it was super short. I was like, man, it's already done. I can... Go for a sequel. They, they did miss one thing that I wish they would have fixed. Um, whenever um, they are talking about plans on how to take out the armed force of the villagers, because they think it's more than one person, they say, <clears throat> "Do you?" Uh, he says, "Do you got? Do you, uh, or Captain? Do you have any of the DX forty sevens on board?" And then Gary Busey's character is like, "You mean planet killers? <laughs> yeah, we got 15. And then he's like, oh, we'll only need one. Well, of course you only fucking need one. That's planet yeah. killer for God's sake. like you sake. don't need more than one planet killer at a time. <laughs> yeah. But what gets me is they had the perfect opportunity to say, do you have any of those PU-36s on yeah. board? The modulators, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, they so also talk better. about like a nuke, a tactical nuke, and then it's like it's not the same tactical nuke. No. Uh, so interesting, uh, another little interesting fact before we uh, get revealed what's going to happen next time. Uh, Gary Busey re- just recently at this point had had his accident and had his uh, plate in his head. So oh, yeah. because the plate was so fresh, he did not want to put a squib on his head because he was supposed to be shot in the head and killed by Jason Isaac's character. So they changed it last minute to being shot in the chest. I think it's better. It, it kind of works a little better. Uh, I think so. You get to yeah. see more of his facial expression. You don't have a bullet hole in his head, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I, I like the chest I mean, That guy's all about facial expressions. There's also yeah. a gun thing I thought you were going to bring up. Jason Isaacs shoots the dead dude in the back of the head, and it's a tiny little bullet hole in the front. <laughs> yeah, and all I can think uh, is, what looks Jesse's like a not going to like this. Again, it, I, don't, I don't get a good enough look at the gun. But it looks like a revolver. he has an old-ass revolver. It does. Yeah, it looks like a revolver. I don't know if it is. So but it would have been a like big it. fucking hole in the front of his head. It would have turned his head into a goddamn canoe. Yeah, it would have put <laughs> a little hole in done. the back, and the front of his head would have been a big hole. Yeah. I, and I, also, you hear him drop the shell as he's walking away, too, which yeah. is ridiculous because why would you unload a single shell spent round from a revolver? Put it back well, in your holster and walk away, douche. Oh, well, that guy's a douchebag. That's why. Well, that's he's, true. He's using a, at this point, an he's antique using- gun. <laughs> A revolver in the in a world of fully Laser automatic pulse God rifles, knows what. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that was Q-36 good Thirty six explosive space <laughs> modulators. So, <clears throat> what's next? 
let's find out. Magic number generator. Give me my number. And it is 92. 92 is 2012's Rise of the Guardians. I like this movie. Uh, Rise of the Guardians. Is this the... This is, this is this the, is the one, one with Santa Chris, Claus and stuff, right? It's, yeah, I think... Um, I want to say Chris Pine. Santa Claus uh, and Jack Frost. Alec Baldwin is yes. Santa Claus. Chris Pine is Jack Frost. Uh, Alec Baldwin is Santa. Uh, okay. It's got Hugh Jackman as the Easter Bunny. Oh. Jude I, Law is the Boogeyman. Isla Fisher as the. I think she's the um, Tooth Fairy. I have not seen this, but I get the title constantly confused to with that the Owls of Ghoul movie. Oh yeah, that's a good it's, point. I think yeah, it's also are. called Rise of the Guardians. I think it is too. Yeah. So I would always be like, "Oh, Rise of the Guardians, that's the owl movie, right?" And they're like, "No, no, 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 no. It's this is the one with the Santa in it." And I'm like, "Oh, okay. Man, another Santa film. By the way, Santa was in this film. We've had two movies in a row with Santa in it." Oh, yeah, Santa was in this film. Holy yeah, cuz right. Jimmy or uh Jimmy was Santa. We see yeah. Michael Chiklis dressed like a Santa. Yeah. So nice. obviously Santa was in Jack Frost last week. This is working out for us, all Santa movies, even though... This is working out really well, actually. <laughs> I will say that, of course, as we've revealed, it's not going to be Santa shit at all for people. They're going to be like in fucking February being like, uh, oh, well, you're a few months late. Yeah, this is working out in our favor, not necessarily in yours. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like I'm just watching Christmas films. Well, this one here is like, I mean, it kind of can hit every holiday. Yeah, not only that, but this is uh, this is one we'll get a uh, a Lily review on for sure. Because, oh, for sure, uh, yeah. We've seen this movie and we will watch it again. Never seen it. This is going to be a, a going in blind movie. Only thing I know know about this film Perfect. is that a lot of the cosplay community loves Jack Frost. That makes sense. So you get a lot yeah. of people that dress up as him. He's a really he'd be a really easy character to dress yeah, up. Yeah, just as. making the staff is the hardest part. I I want Alec Baldwin's uh, Santa cosplay though. <laughs> that would be way cooler. Because <laughs> well, in the movie he's got naughty and nice each tattooed on one of his forearms. No, jeez, the fucking <laughs> brawler Santa, huh? Yeah, he is. Not knowing it's anything so about this movie, all I know about this movie is like a bunch of like seasonal myths are like yeah. teaming up for something. I know. I think they're going after the boogeyman, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and that's all I know. Yeah. So I'm going in this complete. I'm not even going to look up. I'm not even going to watch the trailer first. I'm going to watch this and watch the trailer after. I don't even want to see the cast yet. <laughs> I'll do my research after the film just so I can go in completely blind. There you go. All right. Well, Jesse, that was fun. That was a. We, we will soldier on. Yeah. See what I did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where can the good folks find you? Best place to find me is on Twitter. I'm at Pen of Doom. P E N O F D O O M. I'm also on Twitter. I'm Brando Supreme. B-R-A-N-D-O-S-U-P-R-E-M-E. Nice. And you can also find us on Facebook at the Box Office Bomb Squad. And you can even email us at magictalkiebox at gmail.com. And if you go to the show notes, there's a link in there. You can go to anchor.fm and leave us a voicemail message. We'll either play it on the show or cry ourselves to sleep, depending on what you say. And we've always got the little Schmeckles cup at the bottom. If you feel like putting a Schmeckle in there, if not, then hey. It's Christmas time here in uh, recording <laughs> world, and uh, we want your money. And if you're like, well, it's past Christmas here in listener world, we still want your money. <laughs> well, because after Christmas, you got Valentine's Day. After Valentine's Day, I you got, got St. Patrick's too. Day. Uh, my birthday's Ooh. in January. It sucks there for me. You Perfect. Got New Year's. You go. So much, so much coming up. We need your money, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Give us your money. <laughs> All right, Jesse. I had a blast. I can't wait for this next one. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And, you know, have a great day. See ya. <laughs>